you're tired of the standard business and marketing fundamentals, frameworks, and funnels, <laughs> you need a little mischief. Get ready to turn up the volume on the CEO Mischief Maker podcast, where you access conversations with seasoned business owners who have smashed through mindset barriers, innovated the standard boring business and marketing playbooks, and executed future-paced strategies with bleeding-edge tools and tactics to micro-fail their way into massive success and growth. We are Mindset Impact Strategic Catalysts, helping innovative entrepreneurs focus. We are CEO Mischief Makers. Ready to make a little mischief? Hey, 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 CEO Mischief Makers, welcome to another conversation. You know the format, you know the drill. We're going to talk today about mindset. And that's where we have to start everything. It's kind of like the 30,000 foot view of looking at the whole thing and trying to direct it based on how we think, how we grow, how we look at ourselves. And so I get to invite into this particular conversation, Pam Pryor. Pam, how you doing? I'm doing great. I can't wait to do this. I know. It's going to be so fun. All right. So let's start off because there might be some people in the audience who might not know who you are. I don't know how that's the case, but it could be. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So I am a CFO for entrepreneurs, which basically means we do everything from bookkeeping to accounting to traditional sort of finance consulting, as well as coaching for entrepreneurial CEOs. So everywhere from just starting out up to nine-figure businesses. Wow. I've got to say, first off, knowing you and chatting with you, you are not a, quote, typical numbers person, CFO kind of accounting, dot the I's, cross the T's kind of gal. I'm sure you do that too. But the personality type is such mm -hmm. that, you know, this is dry. This is what you got to do. This is just numbers. There's no emotion put to it. And you just are not that kind of person. So. No. I know we're going to have a great conversation from that, from our previous yeah. ones. So start awesome. us out because I know you and I chatted before. And one of the things we really have in common is the fact that we spent a lot of time or at least some time in this whole superhero solo entrepreneur place, right? Mm -hmm. Where we did everything ourselves. Can you take me through what mindset shift you had to have for yourself to really go beyond that and go to the next level to bring other people in and help you do what you do? Yeah. And that is a great question. So I started my career in corporate. I was there for 30 years. I loved every minute in corporate. I learned so much. I had the best leaders you can imagine, which was just a gift to me. So I learned not just how to do what I did really well or what to do really well, but how to do it in a way that really is effective. So coming out of the gate out of corporate, which I decided to leave in 2016 to come work with entrepreneurs, I came out you know, I got this. I know what we need to do. I need to bring all the good stuff from corporate, unbureaucratize it and hand it to entrepreneurs. They'll be lined up at my door. I'll have consulting out the wazoo. I'm good at my job. I'll be good at this. <laughs> Cocky is all get out. Like I was going to slay this just like I slayed everything else. So about six months in, I realized <laughs> it's a whole new game out here. And there's a thing called an entrepreneur for a reason. And you don't just snap your fingers and become one. You know, you become all the things now. And while I was very good at executing the stuff, 
and even doing it in a way that actually attracted entrepreneurs. I had to do marketing. I had to do tech. I had to do HR. I had to do all of the things. And that was the wake up moment for me about six months in that, you know, put all your corporate cocky to bed, Pam, that's over. This is a new world and you're just learning. Well, the interesting thing from a mindset standpoint that hit me at that point is when I left corporate and when I started my entrepreneurial career, my salary from corporate and what I made in my entrepreneur business were the same. And that struck me as odd. So at the time, I happened to be working with someone who was speaking to me about chakras of all things, which I didn't even know what they were. She had to define for me what a chakra was. And in this conversation, I realized that I had a limiting belief. And this is something that I've bumped up against now five years later in every single client. So once I realized I had a limiting belief, I realized I had to dive in and figure out how to release it. So I found myself, here's where I am a geeky accountant, right? (laughs) I realized that I had this deep, dark secret that I didn't want anybody to find out. I was mortified by it and lived mortified by it. And I, as a kid from six to nine, I stole money. I stole from wallets. I stole from piggy banks. I stole from money left on the counter. If it was there, it was mine. My allowance clearly was not cutting it for as much candy as I needed. So I had every right to the rest of this cash. So one day I sat down and what happened was I was accused at one point after a couple of years of this of stealing something I hadn't stolen. And that kind of set me straight, but it also set me up with this trigger point. And I realized now that I'm really thinking about it and doing some work on it, that anytime somebody doubted my intentions, I went ballistic. I was hurt or I was angry or all of these things. Well, making a very long story short, these two things were very tied together. So I sat down one day and I figured out about how much money I'd stolen in that little period of time. And I mapped it to the S&P 500 from 1973 when I threw away my crime shoes. Nineteen No, probably would have been 1971. It was 71 when I threw away my crime keys to today and figured out how much that would have grown to. And I am not joking you when I said it was within 5% of what my current salary and how much I was making in my business was. Wow. So my coach at the time said, you need to do a Facebook post about the fact that you were a little thief as a kid. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm a CFO. Nobody will hire me, blah, 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 blah. And I did it. And first of all, the response was now, as you can imagine, oh, good Lord, you know, 50% of the kids were, 50% weren't. And, you know, why has this held you back for 55 years? But it also broke through that ceiling for me. And I realized at that moment that every single client I was working with, every single stage I was on, every single person I talked to in the hallway has this limiting belief inside them. So I started to realize that we needed to focus on that as much as any bookkeeping that we could possibly do for them. That was like what changed everything for me. Wow. I can imagine if you come from that perspective, first off, thank you for sharing that because I guarantee you that shows me two things. You obviously, that's the reason you have made the impact you have in the world because you can look at things from that perspective and not just expect that it's all just numbers and nothing else. And that's all that matters. I mean, of course that's not the case, but you also can be that geek. And you went down into the details of, okay, if I took this amount of money, I would have never made that connection. How much do I owe people? (laughs) 
Right? I would have never said, okay, if I put it in the S&P and mapped it to the S&P 500, then it would have become this. No, nowhere near. I would have just stayed down in the, oh gosh, what if people find out completely? So that's amazing, right? Now, let me ask you this. I don't know if this is the case, but I anticipate it is. Do you find that lots of people that you help from this perspective, from the CFO perspective, have money issues? Oh God, every single one. Every single one has got something causing the issue. And you can pick it up from their momentum. You know, one of the Ah. things that we do is we line up with the momentum of each entrepreneur to feel them, to know how they're running, where they're running or walking, what they're looking at before we do anything. And then the entire process that we go through is not just the books and stuff, but where is their head? And a lot of times in that part of the communication, getting to know somebody, building the trust relationship is where you can really learn. And you know this, we can't see our own blocks. You just can't. You could not have told me that stealing at six years old was driving my Mm -hmm. behavior today. You couldn't have told me. I'd argued till the cows came home. But something somebody says is going to twist it and you're going to go, oh my God, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, every, I have not met a person who does not have some sort of money issue. And some of them are the other way around. Like they make a ton of money, but they don't know how to be happy with it. There's both sides of that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's an exercise that I go through with my students that exactly triggers this. And some of the questions are not just about having a lot of money or not having money. There are both of those. So things like just completing a statement like money makes people. Oh, I love that. Leaving it, just leaving that statement. And then we all come with our own stuff and complete that statement or money is. I mean, Mm -hmm. really just that. Or if I had a lot of money, I would. I love that. A similar question I asked from a stage, but I really like yours better is Fill in this sentence. I'm so embarrassed about my finances because. Yeah. And then point out, then I have them raise their hand when they've got the sentence filled in and then look around the room. Yeah. Everybody raised their hand. Everybody. Yes. And so what we do after that is once you answer that question, now go back and look at that because it's a gut impulse, right? I specifically make people do this in a quick succession. They can't sit and think, they can't sit and analyze because that's what I do. I'm an analyst. (laughs) I'm going to go, I'm going to think of my answer and then I'm going to analyze my answer before I write it down because, okay, who's the audience I'm speaking to and are they going to like this or are they not going (laughs) to like it, right? I mean, that's just how nutty I am. But so to make people not do that and to make myself not be able to do that, it's a quick succession of answers. Then we go back and we look at that and say, all right, I just want you to read the statement. And tell me if you believe it's true. Is it true? And if it's not true, what is true? And write that that down and cross out the other one because we are all given a model upon Mm -hmm. which we have to build our life. That's just a given. When we're children, we're raised a certain way and that's the model we have. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have any other model and we don't like the way that model's turning out, then Mm -hmm. we've got to find another one. And uh, And that model's embedded. It's embedded in our subconscious. We don't even know what that model is a lot of times. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very, very. I love those yeah. questions. Money is, money makes people. That's really, really neat. Yeah. And I can imagine in your line of work, it's not just helping people balance their books. It's not yeah. just, you know, figuring out how much they're paying out and how much they're bringing in. 
and balancing those two things. I can imagine you help people go beyond that and really work on their mindset around not just money, but around their own success and their definition of success. Yeah. So one of the things that's really important in order to serve business owners as a CEO, and I do mostly business owners, there are a few where there's a couple of shareholders, but for the most part, it's business owners, is what are their personal goals? Not just financial, but what are their personal goals? Because money is just one of the energies that matters. Now, there's money, there's time, there's energy, there's you know all these things. And what does their holistic ball look like? And how does this business fit into that? And could it, then I can help them interpret it. To what point can we help it drive all the rest of those objectives and not steal from them? Because we always want our businesses to go from us putting money in them to us taking money out of them. But think about that with time and energy. We want that business to really hit that flipping point on all those dimensions. Definitely. So tell me how you're doing that for yourself. How are you taking your mindset around those concepts and applying them to your own business? Yes. So once I had my breakthrough, I realized I can't trade time for money. There's a limit. There's an upper limit to trading time for money. So I knew I had to scale. So one of the things you get as an entrepreneur is a lot of advice from people all over and nine times out of 10, it conflicts. So I would doubt myself. I would try something. It wouldn't work. And I doubt I'd try something. It wouldn't work. I would doubt. And finally, I said, wait a minute, I'm a really smart individual here. I have all of this input. Let me take all of it and see what's going to work for me. And so I pulled the pieces together that might make sense for my personality, my mindset, and all of that, and said, okay, it's time to build out a team. It got pretty tactical from there. The mindset piece, the decision to say, I can't do this alone, had a bunch of psychological implications because that loss of control, as we know, is real and it manifests itself in so many ways. So that became another thing I had to do a lot of work on. What do I feel like I need control over and why? And then start to let that control go. So from a mindset standpoint, that was probably the biggest thing for me. And I still work on that. I mean, I still find myself like, you know, the further you get away from things, people can go down a road. You're thinking this and, you know, and you're like, whoa, how did we get over there? You know? Where, yeah. Where are you going? Come back. I didn't say any of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's a better road truthfully. And sometimes, you know, you have to kind of wrestle it back and say, you know, here's where we are. So there's been a lot of that. So I'd say really the last two years is where I've been letting more and more go kind of every day. Wow. Yeah. I agree 100%. That whole letting go thing, that was my first lesson in maturity, right? And not being so arrogant and insecure. Because for me, it was completely an arrogance, which is coupled with insecurity and that whole insecurity, right? And to be able to say that at the time, I wouldn't have interpreted as that. Yeah. 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 I get it. And I agree. I look back now because I see what I was and how I looked at it. And it really is being insecure that thinking that I am the only one who can do this, only me, no one else in the entire universe can do it anywhere near. I can that right there. It's like, come on. I mean, come on. In in the the areas where I'd never done it before. That's right. I had 30 years in finance, but all of a sudden I was a marketing expert. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. And so go ahead. Good friend of mine and now client that I met about four, five years ago at a stage. And he, his name's Alex Sharpen and he runs a group about how basically to scale your businesses. And the first thing he said to me when I told him about my business was, 
oh yeah, we need to get you a team. And I remember the chill that sent down my spine, you know, and I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about what I do. He's been doing it for, you know, 20 years. He doesn't know anything about me as an entrepreneur. I'm so different. Yeah. And so, yeah, to your point, it is, it's, it's arrogance and insecurity all bundled up in one and fear. Of it change. really is. Yeah, it is. And Alex Scherfen, love, love, love. Uh, oh. He's another operations guy, right? He is yeah. so incredible, really. Yeah. But yeah, that mindset, and it really takes a, a vulnerability. For me, really, that's where it all started. You can't be vulnerable. You cannot let people know that you're vulnerable. And that's what was modeled for me. Yeah. And that was it. As the oldest daughter with an Italian mother and an Italian family that you just, you are not vulnerable. If someone asks you a question, you know, the answer, whether you know it, oh, or, not, you know it or not, you know, the answer. And that's just it. That's just the way it is. So to let go of that vulnerability, to open up and actually be vulnerable was the first step for me to actually be able to then open up to some of these mindset shifts, right? That's a, Big, big one. I got so lucky because of the leadership I'd had in corporate. Like they taught me to be vulnerable. They humbled me quickly. I was an arrogant little 25 year old (laughs) and they cracked that very quickly (laughs) because they were good people and they wanted me to be, you know, all I could be. And I got very lucky. Vulnerability has just been kind of part of it for me until I found that one place where I apparently was not willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. So even when we think we're vulnerable, we're not. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's a series of opening those doors and allowing for that next phase. So yeah, I wish somebody to crack that vulnerability in me earlier. I had to wait. (laughs) (laughs) I had to wait till I was like, gosh, probably coming close to 50, you know, 40, 45. Yeah. yeah, Probably 45. Cause I didn't even start my first business till I was 40. So uh, 45. And uh, that's when I finally started cracking that puppy open. So, wow. That's amazing. It's so refreshing to have these conversations from a totally different perspective. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can't wait to take it further because the next thing we're going to talk about, you've kind of alluded to, which is you have these frameworks and you had pieces from all these other things and you had to kind of make them your own. So hang on, CEO Mischief Makers, you better wait for our Wednesday's episode because that's what we're going to talk about next. Awesome. Okay, hold on. If your mindset was shifted, you were inspired to innovate, and you were spurred into action, don't just move on with your day. Focus, my friend, and take a few minutes to visit ceomischiefmaker.com to learn more about the value that was shared with you today. Please act now and create some CEO mischief of your own.